Hello and welcome to Rookie Movie Reviews. I'm Jenny. And I'm Dan. And on this podcast, what do we do, Dan? We watch a whole bunch of movies and then we review them. Typically, we're talking about the top 100 movies of all time on IMDb, which are selected by fans. But uh, occasionally, we'll just do a little spinoff. And now we are wrapping up our spinoff B-plot of Harry Potter. The series, of course. Uh, yes. The television movie series. Son of a Gun. The movie series? They're making a TV show. Oh, really? <laughs> that was the <laughs> that was the reveal. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Uh, yeah, it's an early development with HBO, which... Oh. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the first... The first book, I bet they could probably cut it into, like, two or three episodes. Yeah, that's kind of a boring movie. Yeah, but it makes me wonder how they're going to do the aging up, because the TV show goes a little bit quicker. Yeah, hmm. that will be interesting. I guess I'll have to get a bunch of actors, you know, your, your standard movie fare. Yeah, like a kid Harry and a teenage Harry. Yeah. Maybe give them different hair. E? Yeah, I don't know how they would do it on a TV show. Do you think when they got into, like, season two, which I imagine would be where maybe Goblet of Fire would land, they'll start making everybody super shaggy, just like they did in the movies? Ha! Maybe. Um, I think our takeaways from the last episode, mm -hmm. where we did the first four movies, mm -hmm. were that... Uh, they aren't that great. They're a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> but it it's the first two feel pointless. And then the next two kind of lead into some story that doesn't really get flying until these last four. So, I don't know. I guess, I guess we at least have some substantial stuff to talk about this time. Yeah, I'm excited. So, first up is Goblet of Fire? Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. Strike so. that from the record. <laughs> First up is Order of the Phoenix. Um, and Order of the Phoenix is... Are we doing summaries on this one? Or no? Um, if you want to do like a few sentences of a summary, I yeah, guess. Yeah, sure. So Harry has to do magic to save Dudley. Is this the right movie? Yeah, but... I mean, if you're summarizing the movie in a few sentences, the first sentence is a part of the first scene. We're going to have to have some dramatic second and third sentences. Well, it gets the ministry on his tail. <laughs> okay. And then the rest of the movie is just the ministry being shitty and him joining the Order of the Phoenix and also creating Dumbledore's army because the ministry denies that Voldemort's coming back and they want to persecute Dumbledore because the minister thinks Dumbledore wants his job. Which is such a weird response. You know, I, I get denying that this ancient evil is back, but I don't understand, like, you know, oh, we're going to flip it and frame you and this super famous kid and make you look like villains, even though, you know, it would be enough to just say, yeah, no, Voldemort's not real. These guys are crazy. It's a ha. They're going to, we're going to send them to jail if possible. It's way overblown. So Dumbledore's on the run, and the worst villain of all time, Dolores Umbridge, is headmaster of Hogwarts Wizarding School. Mm -hmm. And she sucks. 
She makes a bunch of lame rules. She's super mean. She's also evil. She's very evil, very cruel. I think she's a great villain and a good standout performer for Defense Against the Dark Arts just because she's so memorably cruel. She has that bit where Harry Potter speaks up in class and was right to do so, and she forces him to mutilate himself with a magic quill. That was fucked up. She also is just outright mean to other teachers and professors. She berates Trelawney in front of her students for not being an effective professor, having to use his class. Um, yeah. She's a... She's a (laughs) C-word. Meanwhile, the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher this time is... uh, Dolores. So she becomes headmaster later. So that was a mistake. My bad. Well, that happens in the movie. Yeah. But, yeah, she... after, After the ministry goes ahead and defames Dumbledore to the point that he leaves... In a very dramatic fashion, mm-hmm. she becomes headmaster, which is bizarre. And this is the movie, God, this is a long movie. These are so long. But on top of all that other stuff that happens, they start a task force of wizards to tattle on everybody. And there's tons of scenes just showing them putting out new mandates. Mm-hmm. Really drags, but yeah, very dense movie. Yeah, very, very dense. I liked Harry teaching the defense spells, though. That was pretty cool. Pretty nice to see Harry into his element, in charge. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite segment as well, just all the training and seeing him, as you say, become a leader and everything. That's a cool segment, but it's also marred by the fact that it getting started was really dumb. Um because all the students at the beginning of the movie are anti-Harry. They think he's lying for attention about Voldemort coming back, and some of them believe that he killed Cedric Diggory at the end of Goblet of Fire. And it's it's a very anti-Harry time, and he basically goes to a bar under incognito to meet with all these kids and say, hey, all that stuff you believe about me and Dumbledore is a lie, And we need to form a secret militia for Dumbledore, who you currently don't trust, to protect ourselves, because Umbridge won't. And people are pretty lukewarm on it in this scene. Mm -hmm. But they have no other scenes of him rallying the troops, really. They just cut to him training them after this. They're all on board, which is really bizarre to me. And it kind of stuck out as this strange pacing thing where you have a two and a half hour movie, but you still can't sacrifice an extra couple minutes... To have him convincing the students, having Harry convince them, it rubs me the wrong way about this whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. This is also the movie where the mental link between Harry and Voldemort is explored further. So we see Harry having some visions of that snake lady seriously going to kill Arthur Weasley. Oh, Nagini. Nagini. And then once Arthur gets saved, Snape is supposed to teach Harry how to block all of uh, Voldemort's attempts to get into his mind. And so Harry just really gets his shit rocked by Snape in this movie. Yeah, he's borderline tortured, which is 
Which sucks, because we know Harry doesn't like Snape already. <laughs> Snape doesn't care for Harry. Yeah, they have Seven. a very bizarre relationship. Well, yeah, it's... Snape as a character, we can get into it more later, but his backstory is tragic and everything, but he's just also a tragic person. Yeah, massive abuser. Yeah, not a great guy. <laughs> no. Uh, this movie also has... This is the one with a battle between Dumbledore and Voldemort, is that correct? Um... Yes. Yep. When they get into the Ministry of Magic because they want to find Harry's prophecy. Mm, yeah. Great scene. And I've seen it called out how it's so cool because you really just see the fight and there's a lot of creative spells. When you're watching Harry Potter do his thing, it's really just a few explosive white puffs of a spell or Expelliarmus. And there's not very many effects to the spells. It's basically just look magic. It might as well be a little bomb or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then with this battle between Dumbledore and Voldemort, there's so many crazy spells. And whenever we get into talking about the battles or as we were watching this, I know we would say, why not just throw Avada Kedavra 100% of the time? <laughs> it's like a gun, you know, Yippee. just use that. And this, I don't know what the reason for them to not use it is, but it resulted in a scene, which is awesome. Probably some strong Avada Kedavra control legislature. Oh, in the yeah. World. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But. Avada Kedavras don't kill people. People kill people. <laughs> and Voldemort has killed a lot of people. At least seven. And. <laughs> this comes up later, but it's like the good guys won't use it, even though it would clearly be the most helpful spell in the finale of the movie series it's very weird and this is all just tied to you know the the rules of the universe have never really been firmly established and things come and go is order of the phoenix the one with the time turner nope that was azkaban yep oh man these have run together mm-hmm oh time turner doesn't come up again which is kind of weird feel like that would be super helpful Especially with how much they use Polyjuice Potion in uh, yeah, the last, the last two. few, yeah. It's like they realize what a tool it is, but don't realize the time turner. And I've seen this called out a couple times because people say, "Oh, all of the time turners were destroyed," but it's established that there's one in the Ministry of Magic that the Minister of Magic knew about in Dumbledore, and they also have the rule: oh, you shouldn't go back and forth more than six hours. But they go back in time for many years, and this is all from The Cursed Child, which I've never seen or read, but I do see it come up in arguments online all the time. Long story short, it's really dumb they don't use a time term. Yeah. Yep. Also in this movie, super dense, is Dolores using the Cruciatus curse on Harry to torture him for information. That's when Hermione's like, we have a secret weapon, which we learned about earlier, is Hagrid's brother Gwompy Grop Grop whatever Gwompy? I don't know <laughs> what do you want to name our cat? Squealag? Squealag that's a Warhammer god of chaos would have been fitting yeah <laughs> not right now though he's 
He's sweet and sleepy. Is he sleeping with pugs? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm gonna go rat him up. <laughs> Don't rat him up. Rat him up when we're done with this. <laughs> <laughs> so... No, go ahead. So, but, well, I was just going to say, I don't really have too many thoughts about Order of the Phoenix. I like the training montage the most. That's my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. But everything else is basically... kind of feels like chaff. I mean, Dumbledore comes back at the end of the movie and is... Well, that's because Fudge sees Voldemort. Yeah. After their battle. And seeing is believing. Ain't that the truth? Oh, um, Ray finds as Voldemort. We see him in Chamber of Secrets, or Goblet of Fire, I mean. Mm-hmm. But he, I think he really gets going in this one. Uh, and I think, you know, of all the characters in Harry Potter, they're all well-casted. But Ray finds as Voldemort is great. Yeah. His makeup is super iconic. His performance is... I thought I could have wrong. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, he's great. Yeah, and as you were alluding to, just his delivery of spells is so much more than anybody else. It's kind of ridiculous the more you think about it. This dude really likes magic. He loves it. He's one That's, of the greatest you know, ever. You can't fault Voldemort. He's just really passionate about the purity of magic. <laughs> oh my god. He'd be, a, he'd be a proud boy. Ooh. That's for sure. Uh, and he was a how much in this movie is showing Death Eater politics? Because I know that happens prominently at some point. What do you mean by Death Eater politics? Like in these last four, we start to see how the Death Eaters work with Voldemort. And, you know, they go to their meetings and they have their hideouts and they're doing their hunting of wizards and they're kind of rising to power. But it's all so similar Mm-hmm. Every scene with Death Eaters is just sitting around a table or being in a dark room talking about how they need to like go do this or that. And it I runs together so much for me. We see some of that, but I think it's mostly in Deathly Hallows. Okay. So the last two is where it really takes off. Yeah. Especially since you get to see the whole cast of characters, including evil minister of magic once Fudge is disposed. That's true. Um, I'm just trying to think of other points about Order of the Phoenix, but don't really have anything. Yeah. A uh, super minor point, not even a fun fact, mm-hmm. when I think of Harry Potter, like the books, mm-hmm. the cover for Order of the Phoenix is the one that pops into my head. Just the blue with him looking over his shoulder. Uh, no, that's an alternative cover. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, it's dark blue where his half-blood prince is green and he's casting some spell. That's one that always uh, pops into monogamy. Yep. We can post that on our Instagram, assuming we don't get copy struck. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say we, we drew this. <laughs> Hashtag Harry Potter. Okay, so moving on to half-blood prince. This, I think, was my favorite book. And um, I do have to eat crow. Delicious. Because I realize how difficult summarizing that thing in a few sentences is, so I apologize for making you do it. 
would you be okay with just ripping off the summary when we get to it from Wikipedia? Just so we're on the same page, kind of right here. Oh, okay. Cool. But you were saying that it was your favorite book. Yeah, it's my favorite book because you get to see Harry dig into this book of his own. And you kind of see him being uh, in awe of the Half-Blood Prince. And he really respects this guy. And, oh, he's a great wizard. And, oh, Snape. (laughs) (laughs) That's disgusting. So... Yeah, I have no memory of these books beyond like the story, all the side characters and minor events that aren't included in the movie are, you know, just a, a surprise to me whenever they come up in the movie. So as far as the characterization present in the books, I'm pretty much just a movie Harry Potter fan at this point. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know if I would reread the books, especially since I would have to buy them or I guess you could always go to your local library yeah there I was just giving a glance over the synopsis for this Mm -hmm. movie this one is dumb Uh this is dumb so six year of Hogwarts for Harry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Voldemort is getting more powerful everyone's aware he's around the Dumbledore Goes with Harry to visit Slughorn in some wizard town. And he convinces Slughorn to come back to Professor as a potions master. And there is a reason for this. Basically, Dumbledore believes that Slughorn has some info on Voldemort from when he was a student. And he wants to get that info. So the reason he goes with Harry Potter is because Harry Potter is an impressive boy and Slughorn likes to quote-unquote collect impressive students. So Dumbledore thinks, we're going to go get this Slughorn guy and we are going to bring him here with the tantalizing possibility of collecting Harry Potter. And then Harry Potter finds the Half-Blood Prince's annotated textbook because Harry Potter is bad at potions. And Slughorn will be the potions teacher. And he just happens to find the Half-Blood Prince's notebook, which makes him a super potions kid. And Slughorn gets impressed by him. And uh, as the movie goes on, they try and figure out, like, Dumbledore and Harry start to learn about Horcruxes, because that's the secret that Slughorn knows. So this movie is basically just here to introduce us to the concept of Horcruxes. And it is through an incredibly convenient plan that hinges upon Harry finding a notebook that Dumbledore did not know existed. So, as far as the plot goes, the thinnest of thin plots. But I'd agree. Uh, except Harry Potter is also the chosen one, so maybe Slughorn would be like, mm, yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> He's the chosen one. He's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So, I no, I still agree that it's not exactly an ideal plan. Um, I think by now Draco has been kind of gobbled up by the Death Eaters because his parents are both pretty entrenched in it. So he gets called to help, help Voldemort, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And we also find out he is assigned to kill Dumbledore. 
So the One book also does a better job of going through Draco's strife. In, yeah. In this, I, the movie does pretty good just because of uh, Draco being a, a good actor. I was gonna say the movie doesn't really show us at all. He just kind of like frowns a bit whenever the idea of killing Dumbledore comes up. And then that happens twice, maybe, mm. up until the actual event of, spoiler, Snape killing oh. Dumbledore. Um, but, I don't know, I, I wasn't really connected to Draco at all in the movies. I actually was more interested in his parents okay. than him. Just because we get to see, over the course of... Voldemort's return and rise to power. Mm-hmm. We see Lucius and his wife Narcissa become more and more disheveled and desperate looking. Meanwhile, Draco just kind of looks the same <laughs> throughout the last half of the trilogy or saga, I guess. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, this is also the movie where Ron gets drugged by potent love potion chocolates intended for Harry. Oh, yeah. So that, there's some pretty messed up implications in the wizarding world. Yeah, there there are a ton of dark implications, and this is kind of played off for a laugh with uh, Ron, and it's fine. He, he's got a good, goofy face, you know? Because they always make him such a dour, pissy guy in the ending of these this is oh, like yeah. the last time he's silly really unless i'm forgetting a different scene no i think you're about right but it's harry's opportunity to get back into slughorn's good graces because he accidentally pissed him off earlier by pressing too hard about the tom rail discussion mm-hmm. oh yeah brings him over to slughorn's office i forgot that particular part yeah and in slughorn's office Ron gets an anti-love potion, and they celebrate with wine. That's poisoned! (laughs) Oh my god, Ron's poisoned! Harry saves him, and Ron's taken to the infirmary, where he breaks up accidentally with Lavender, the girl that he has been snogging for most of the movie, because he says Hermione in his sleep. That would be so hurt (laughs) if I was Lavender, because she's into him. Yeah, she's very, very smitten. But they also play off her anguish for jokes as well. And then she dies. Oh, man. They're like, ha, ha, ha. She gets jilted. And then she gets eaten by a werewolf. Like, it's fucked up. In a couple movies, but... Oh, he's a werewolf. Yeah, Fenrir Fenrir Greyback. Oh. That's why he's out there eating necks. I don't know. He's just really evil. That's the softest meat. <laughs> Cheek and neck. Cheek and neck. I don't know. The esophagus would be unpleasant. Cartilage-y. Hmm. Good soup. Yeah, esophagus if, stew. If I were to make uh, human bullion, I'd be sure to boil down the esophagus. Make a confit with my body fat when I die. <laughs> you deserve the most succulent of meats. <laughs> So gross. <laughs> a nice side of fava beans. A chablis. A chablis. I don't know what it is. A Chianti. Oh no! A side of fava beans and a nice Chianti. 
we've reviewed this one. Well, I don't remember every sentence. Me neither. I can barely remember the plot of Order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince, and we just watched them like a week ago. I don't like the actor who plays Slughorn. Really? Yeah, because ever since I found out that he was the police chief from Hot Fuzz, I couldn't get rid of that association. Oh. And then he was just so silly the whole movie, even when he's supposed to be serious. Well... (laughs) <laughs> there was a good call out in this uh, video we watched about these movies about the color grading or just basically the overall visuals. Uh-huh. And this video made the point that some of the scenes in this movie that were in real life looked as washed out as the flashback scenes from Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. They're brutal. Mm-hmm. We do get to see some fun adventuring. Where Harry goes with Dumbledore to a sea cave to get a locket Horcrux. Sea cave. And that was a that was a crazy scene because Dumbledore is basically drinking this torture potion and begging Harry to stop and kill him. And it's so dark. But, uh, you know, he perseveres because he's a perseverant guy. Pretty good dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, and then a bunch of corpses try to attack him. Yeah, it's fucked up, which confirms necromancy exists in Harry Potter. Ooh, is... also dark. Mm-hmm. Wait, they're liches, Are right? Because they... they're magical beings, raised corpses of magic. Well, they're raised with magic, but they're not imbued with magic. I don't How do you think. know that? I uh, googled it. Oh, on Pottermore. Damn it. Yeah. No yeah. arguments for Jenny. Well, you could. Uh, I don't have any actual evidence. I just read it on a site. That sounds like evidence. <laughs> Irrefutable. That's how I do all my research. I also Googled, and apparently if you rub yourself down with lavender oil, you'll never get sick again. We should get on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, you know what else happens in this movie? Dumbledore dies. Oh, Yeah. Big event. Dumbledore dies. Snape kills Dumbledore. So Harry conf- um, Harry confronts Draco um, about some of the stuff that's been going on. We didn't talk about it, but there was like a cursed necklace and then that poisoned mead. And, you know, not great. I'm sorry, hold on. Oh, and Harry uses one of the curses from the Half-Blood Prince's book. Um, I can't remember how it's called. Sever- Sectum Sempra. Okay, yes. So he uses that on Malfoy, which cuts him the F up. He's bleeding all over the place, and Snape saves him. This is important because Snape made the spell, and he sees Harry use it. So now Snape's like, oh, he's, oh, he's got my book. Nice. I should get that back. and then the torture potion and they get a locket out of the torture potion basin essentially there's a lot we missed like we didn't talk about how harry got liquid luck yeah that was a fun sequence uh because he decides to use it with ron for uh quidditch tryouts and ron does fantastic and he's basically doing some impressive feats of 
athleticism as a goalkeeper for the Quidditch team. That's revealed afterwards that Harry didn't give him any liquid luck. It was all just in his heart the whole time, which Yay! is nice, but Ron! silly. <laughs> You're a good beater. And then he leaves the school before he can even pursue a Quidditch career. Looks like he would have been fantastic. Um, it's all about letting go of your fear and anxiety and just achieving. Liquid luck is one of those other things like polyjuice, time turners, and all of the different types of spells like that would be a get-out-of-jail-free card whenever. Yeah. And with all of these easy outs for Harry Potter magic, mm-hmm. I'm sure this has been said before, but this whole universe is basically just an elementary school. That kid who would go, no, actually, <laughs> that doesn't work because I put a spell on the lock that specifically does not allow Alohomora to unlock that lock. Which begs the question, why would that not be automatically cast on every lock? You would think if you were a contractor <laughs> in the Wizarding Universe and you were installing a door in a new home, it would be part of the contract. I bet the Potters would have loved having that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they just... Also, a lock is only there to keep honest people out. Yeah, it's true. Dishonest people will get in there. They're getting up in there. Do you think uh, Voldemort tries to open the lock with a Lohomora and it's charmed? Yeah. Because why wouldn't it be? So he just throws a rock through the window. <laughs> smoke but like the, the hole isn't big enough ridiculous oh yeah if they can turn into smoke can't they just go through keyholes i don't think so but actually <laughs> i put a fine mesh on the inside of my lock hole my lock hole that <laughs> prevents you from <laughs> smoking through it so yeah D- uh, dumbledore gets iced at the end of this movie by snape in front of all of the we're back. Uh, where did we go? Our friend's car died, leaving him stranded at a pick-and-save. So we had to go jump that bad boy. And it interrupted the night of recording. Now it's the next day. Yes. I don't know where we left off, so I'm just going to say we're talking about the Deathly Hallows Part 1 now. Sounds good to me. Dumbledore died at the end of the last one, and the kids are on the run, pretty much. Are the kids alright? No. Kids are not alright. Oh, no. Hermione had a chance, yeah, she really did. Said she dropped out and had a couple of kids. Ron lives at home because he's got no job. Just plays guitar and smokes a lot of pot. What about Harry? That line is too dark. I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, this isn't a corona cough. This is a I shoveled in the cold cough. Yeah. And you brought a bin back up. Yep. Even though it's not in our lease to do so. Go Jenny. Good, Good tenant. Just in case any future renters hear from us if if our house hunt doesn't go well. We're kind of treating this like the beginning. I just like gabbing. Me too. I like gabbing. Especially since... Did you hear that? Yeah. How wheezy you, you that is? Wheeze going on. And the cold weather is like a steel wool. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, I don't like doing sports. <laughs> I like sitting at home. I like being stationary. I'm construction paper. 
<laughs> that was too long of a pause. <laughs> Couldn't think of a synonym for stationary. <laughs> That's good, though. Um, so, Deathly Hallows Part 1. Final mm-hmm. book split up into two movies. Yeah, it's a big book. Big movies. They are. Uh, the last movie in the series, Deathly Hallows Part 2, is the shortest movie in the entire movie series at two hours and ten minutes. This is another two and a half hour thing. Yeah, and this came out in November of 2010, so this movie is a little over ten years old. Then Part 2 was 2011. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty impressive that they keep movies this length with this many effects on basically a yearly release schedule. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think for the Deathly Hollows, they like wrapped up, then immediately started production again. Okay. But yeah, that's still pretty impressive. Oh, our our two sons just sniffed each other and departed. I was gearing up for a cat fight, but oh, good boys. Yeah, good cats. Uh, anyhow, Deathly Hollows Part Two opens up with part minis- one. Oh, thank you. Part one Anytime. opens up with uh, the Minister of Magic. Basically saying everything's fine, but everything is not fine. Mm-hmm. Voldemort is more powerful than ever, and the Ministry is basically kaput. It's infested with uh, Death Eaters and everything. So Ron, Harry, and Hermione are going to finish the Horcrux hunt. Mm-hmm. Good old uh, friend trip. Yep. They're all at the Weasley's house, and Harry's going to go do it by himself, because... Must have been the beginning of this movie where Mad-Eye Moody died. Yeah, that um, Polyjuice Potion uh, diversion thing with the brooms is the beginning of this one. Okay, so Mad-Eye Moody and Hedwig die. The owl, who we don't talk about too much. And then George also gets injured. Mm. Um, Then they get to the burrow, which is a Weasley's house. And they decide to throw a wedding... Even though reason. the movie was, the the borough was attacked just a movie or two ago. Mm-hmm. But they're like, well, we're all here. A bunch of important figures in the resistance. Let's have a wedding. Which gets attacked. And everyone flees. And, uh, you know, things basically just get kicked into high gear at this point. Where um, Death Eaters get, attack the wedding. Harry, Ron, and Hermione basically uh, go off to try and find... Uh, a way to destroy this locket that they have, or, well, they find out it's a fake. So they go and find out that the real one was stolen by Sirius Black, his brother. There's there's so much going on. We just read over the plot before recording, mm-hmm. and going on and on through the plot was like, Jesus, Jesus, all in one. There's There's like 70 settings in this movie. It's tiring. Yeah, you... <clears throat> We also skipped over how at the borough they're visited by, um, God, what's his name? Oh, Scrimgor. Scrimgor, which is such a strange name. But he's there with Dumbledore's will, and there are some bequeathments. Ron gets a deluminator, which gets used in the first movie to dim some lights. Hermione gets a copy of The Tales of Beetle the Bard, which is a book of children's stories. And Harry gets his golden snitch that he caught. In his first match. And he's also... Harry's also supposed to get the Sword of Gryffindor, but that's not Dumbledore's to give. And it's missing. Uh, After the wedding gets blown up, they 
go through with their hunt and they, as I said, realize that the locket they thought was a Horcrux was a fake and the real one was uh, taken by this guy named R.A.B., who is Sirius's brother, Regulus Black. They go to the residence of the Black family and they find out that it was pilfered by this guy named Mundungus Fletcher, who was part of the getaway attempt at the beginning of the movie, which is the first time you see him in this movie. Uh-huh. And he is the reason that Mad-Eye Moody dies. And this was kind of annoying because it's like, hey, we don't know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. He's never in the series up to this. And he is clearly not trustworthy because before the getaway attempt even begins at the beginning of the movie, Alistair Moody says, you're with me so I can keep an eye on you, Mundungus. And it's like, why is he even here? Who invited him? What good could he be? Uh, but yeah, then he tossed uh, Regulus Black's room to steal the locket, not knowing what it was. And the gang finds out through the help of our favorite house elf, Dobby, and this despicable house elf named Creature, that uh, the locket is owned by Dolores Umbridge. Mm-hmm. Who works for the Ministry of Magic now. Well, she worked there before. Oh, right. But she just... She got fired from being headmaster after a harrowing attack by centaurs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's mentally sound enough to work at the Ministry again. So, you know, good for her. She must have a great therapist. Yeah. Magic therapists must be the best. I wonder if they just obliviate oh, God. the bad memories. Or it's all, like, occlumency. Maybe. That's something that we didn't talk about. I don't know if it's in this movie or the beginning of Order of the Phoenix or what, but Hermione obliviates her parents. Oh, it's at the beginning of this movie. Okay. Because so they're she... going to... Because um, Voldemort's back to power, and <clears throat> um, her, her parents would probably get killed for having a Muggleborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just with this new reign of terror... She decides it's best to obliviate her parents. And it's really touching for like two minutes until you think about it a bit. It's like, okay, Hermione, you're obliviating your parents. Do you have any extended family? Do you have neighbors who have seen these people's child growing up there the whole life? Do you have friends? Do your parents have friends? They're dentists, so I assume they talk about their daughter to their patient. Yeah, what is the fallout of this move going to be? Just everyone thinks these two people, like, killed their daughter yeah. or something? <laughs> Just... Oh, where's Hermione? Who? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a daughter. <laughs> Very well thought out, Hermione. Maybe it was a massive obliviate. The biggest obliviate in the history of charms. Just everybody had their memory wiped. Maybe this was her last stop on a train of obliviates. <laughs> okay <laughs> just that's enough movie uh that's enough content to make a movie right there i'd watch that just some thriller of her tracking down her history <laughs> like her kindergarten teacher <laughs> <laughs> she gets more and more mournful each time <laughs> leading up to the parent oblivion anyway nice scene and then you think about it it's like done okay so at the, <clears throat> I really like the Ministry of Magic scene. They use Polyjuice Potion again, but it's, uh, it's not Ron acting, but there's this scene where Reginald, 
is approached by somebody higher up who said, hey, still storming in my office. And Reginald is the ministry worker that they kidnap, basically, to become them so they can infiltrate the ministry. Yeah. There's two others, one for Ron and one for Hermione. But Reginald has an easy-to-remember name. Mm-hmm. And some higher-up says, hey, your wife's downstairs. Fix my office in an hour, or bad shit's going to happen. And Ron gets really worked up about his wife, <laughs> even though he doesn't have one. And then they rescue her, which I think is like a super cool scene. She probably wouldn't have gotten rescued. She would have totally been killed by Dolores. There were Dementors in the courtroom, yeah. looming, just waiting to suck the soul out of her. Yeah. Which again, it, Dementors are such a cool concept, and they're so pervasive in the entire series. And they're used really well. I, I really am a fan of Dementors. Yeah, I think it's... I don't know what the equivalent is to any other fantasy piece, but they're yeah. like these real boogeymen. Yeah. Boogier than the Death Eaters. Yeah. Yeah, they're spooky. And Dementors also, are just out there. Like, what makes a Dementor? They're just inherently evil, too, I guess, because it goes from, oh, they're the prison guards, to they are part of Voldemort's army now. Yeah. It's kind of weird to think in a show that, or a show or a movie, like it is a series of movies for kids to young adults, I suppose. But to have it, the world is so simple that it, there really is no moral gray scale in this movie. It's no, good and bad. Yeah, it's just you're either completely evil, like Voldemort and Dementors, and they do kind of have that gray scale in the books with people like. Snape and uh, Draco, but yeah. I think the character arcs that we see in the movie for Snape and Draco, particularly Snape, are like evil, 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 bam, he was good the whole time. Like, you <laughs> don't really see a slider up until the very end, which yeah. is not the case with the books from my memory, even though just earlier I was saying I don't have much of a memory. <laughs> That's you, okay. Do you I think I agree. Yeah. The hunt is going on here. The hunt is on. So they also... There's also this pirate-looking guy who's like a watchdog for Voldemort, and he runs into the kids a few times, and I can't even remember his name. Oh, uh, one of the people who's described as a snatcher for Voldemort? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he... he. I'm glad you said pirate-looking guy, because it's very much Johnny Depp with the, the eyeshadow or eyeliner that mm-hmm. he wears in those movies and leather and stuff. Yeah, he looks like a Johnny Depp pirate. He's got... Do you think... Is that supposed to be Thickness? There's a character in this movie named Thickness. And he gets killed randomly by Voldemort in part two, but... Great character name. Yeah, I don't... Isn't Thickness the guy who becomes the new minister? Yeah, I just... I assumed it was this guy just because he's the one we see all the time. No, 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 no. Different, different dark-haired men with skeevy faces... Yeah, all the Death Eaters are made to be very kind of a a pallid, pale, with greasy, dark hair, and occasionally some stubble. And they all look like this. Yeah. They apparate into the wilderness. Ron gets hurt and can't apparate again until he recovers, which kind of slows everything down. Because now they're just stuck in the woods. And this is a really brutal, like, I don't know if you remember the details in the movie, but it's... You can basically see his bone is 
muscles are ripped from his arm. Yeah. Because he got splinched and apparating. It's like, oh, fuck. Disgusting. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. So now they're alone in the woods with the Horcrux and they're trying to destroy it, but it's not working out. So J.K. Rowling must have loved Lord of the Rings because the Horcrux makes you cranky if you wear it too long. So they have to trade off on who's wearing it so nobody gets too cranky. <laughs> Does that work? Does someone end up getting a little too cranky? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ron gets a little too cranky and he leaves because he thinks that Ron and Hermione, or he thinks Harry and Hermione are secretly lovers. And there's a weird CGI scene where they're both shirtless and making out. Yeah. They are, they look like cyber people. Yeah. Having sex in a cloud. <laughs> and this is what happens because. They, they get in a big argument, Ron leaves, and then time passes, and Harry finds a sword in a lake, mm-hmm. uh, and he's guided to it by a doe Patronus, and he tries to get this sword uh, without telling Hermione. He just jumps into a frozen lake like an idiot. Mm-hmm. He's drowning under the ice, and Ron saves him last second, and that's when he sees this cloud vision of the Horcrux, like, trying to show. No, um, when Harry gets the sword, that's when Ron's coming back. Yeah, and then I, th- I thought it was presented as, like, another test of... No, Ron leaves, and there's... So... Okay. They try to destroy the Horcrux. Harry has the vision of... Um... Grindelwald stealing the Elder Wand. And then Ron's wearing the locket. And he has evil feelings. And he abandons them. Mm-hmm. And then Hermione figures out the Sword of Gryffindor can destroy Horcruxes. And they're going to see what's up with Godric's Hollow. Which is where Harry's parents' grave is. And then Harry's sad. And Hermione is like, Merry Christmas. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And then they encounter the old woman, Bathilda, who is, who they think has the sword, but they find out Bathilda is actually a puppet, a corpse puppet inhabited by Nagini. Mm -hmm. And then they, Harry and Hermione run away again. And that's when Hermione breaks Harry's wand. And that's, that's when it, it gets revealed like, oh, that's Grindelwald actually. Okay. And then later on, Harry sees the Doe Patronus that takes him to the pond. Sword is in the pond. Harry dives in. The locket is dragging him down. Ron comes and saves him. And then you're right about the sex cloud. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, But then they ultimately destroy the locket with the Sword of Gryffindor, which is yeah, the thing that's in the lake. The sex cloud is coming out of the locket, so Ron was pissy before, and the sex cloud is trying to turn him away again. Mm-hmm. The sex cloud. Uh, but ultimately, they all reconcile, get their shit. Nobody has sex. Yeah, nobody has sex. It's just a vision of evil by the locket, which gets destroyed. <laughs> so now they, if I recall properly, figure out something, because Harry has another vision. He's connected to Voldemort with visions uh, at this point, and Voldemort can see where he's at and what he's up to when he does this, and vice versa. 
So it's very risky. Yep. Harry needs to figure out where these other Horcruxes are. Mm-hmm. And they eventually run into um, a symbol in this book that Hermione got, uh, which is the, again, the beetle and the bard. And it's this weird little triangle with a circle and a stick in the middle. They remember that Lovegood, Helena Lovegood's dad, Xenophilius, had this symbol on his neck as a as a necklace at the wedding that got blown up by Death Eaters. So they go to the Lovegood's house, and Xenophilius is being very cagey, and he reveals that it's the Deathly Hallows, which is a legend everybody knows apparently. Like, oh, surely you know the Deathly Hallows. And then the coolest part of the movie is this animated sequence. Yeah, I'd agree. It's very stylish, where we learn that three brothers extracted a toll from death himself. One was the invisibility cloak, one is the elder wand, and one is the uh, immortality ring. But Resurrection stone. Okay, resurrection stone. I forgot the name. And it's also the idea of the story that the invisibility cloak is the good one, and the other two are greedy. Even though the invisibility cloak is still... It's its own form of greedy. He's yeah. outrunning death. Yeah. 100%. He's just not being showboaty. It's just like, oh, this is the clever one, so it's good. Yeah. But it's not even that much like, do you think it's good because it's more thoughtful? It's just straight up, this is the good one. <laughs> uh, Lovegood reveals that Luna has been kidnapped by the Death Eaters, so he summons in the Death Eaters to get Harry so he can get his daughter back. The three main characters escape. And they decide, hey, we got to go rescue Lovegood because Mm -hmm. Harry had another vision of Ollivander and this other wand maker named Grigorovich about this Elder Wand stuff. So he's like, oh, that'll be be the next stop, I suppose. Like, we got to get Ollivander and Luna and figure out what's going on there. I'm just still recovering from being outside for 15 minutes doing mildly strenuous work. <laughs> it's been half an hour, but I'm just like... <gasps> I understand. I'm with you. Not a, not a super healthy person. No, I'm not working on it either. <laughs> this is who I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> back to the woods. They're trying to set up camp. Everyone's fighting and pissy. Hermione's gonna start doing spells, but all of a sudden Snatchers find them. And Hermione quickly uses a curse on Harry to make him look all punched up. The Snatchers are like, okay, I recognize these two. Don't know about that guy. He says he's Dudley. That's not in the book. We're going to the Malfoys. And at the Malfoys... Oh, that part's not in the book? Like... No, no, no. Um, They have a little book of names. Oh, okay. They have a book of legitimate wizard names or something. I don't know. Okay. I'm with you. So, Snatchers take him to Malfoy Manor. Once they're there, Bellatrix imprisons Harry and Ron in the cellar with, uh, find out Luna, Ollivander, and a goblin are there. And because of the sword of Gryffindor in her purse, Bellatrix is torturing Hermione for more information. And she said, that sword is supposed to be in my vault of Gringotts. Gringotts. What else did you take? And she's probably using the Cruciatus Curse Mm -hmm. on Hermione, which is some heavy metal stuff. (laughs) And then, for some reason, Harry has a piece of mirror, which I thought was the Mirror of Arised. 
But it's not. It's definitely not. So somehow he got that. It does not show him getting this. It just has it at the yeah. beginning of the movie. And it ends up being crucial. Right? <laughs> but he looks into the mirror and he says, help me. And Dobby apparates into the cellar and saves them. And then Harry and Ron try to go save Hermione. And Harry disarms Draco, who did not give him up earlier. Which is important. Mm-hmm. Because Harry saved his ass. Yeah. So he owed him one. But they wouldn't have had the situation where Draco had to save him anyway. If there was no Draco. So if yeah. Harry just let him die, I mean, same <laughs> outcome. <laughs> Nobody's true. there to hurt you. I'm just kidding. I'm glad he saved Draco. Harry disarms him. Dobby fucking drops a chandelier onto Bellatrix. And at the time it was Bellatrix grappling with Hermione. Yeah. And Dobby's like, I know what'll make them separate. If I drop a chandelier on the both of them. And it just works out. Because Bellatrix throws Hermione away from her. Yeah. And so, okay. Not to get too nitpicky about this one move, but it was convenient. There's a couple moves that are really convenient. Coming up. Uh, house elves can apparate really easy, I guess. And with a bunch of people. So Dobby grabs them all. And they apparate. And Bellatrix tosses a dagger into the apparate cloud. And it lands. Mm-hmm. Into Dobby. Stabbing him to death. Which I call bullshit on, again. Because we saw Draco Malfoy get all his blood pulled back into his body. And he was saved. Uh-huh. So why can't why can't they do that for Dobby? They let Dobby die. It's messed up. That is messed up. Um, Dobby was an annoying little asshole in the movies. I think I was really sad in the books. But I didn't care for movie Dobby. Yeah. So I wasn't that sad that he died. (laughs) Hot takes. (laughs) And then Harry wants to bury him properly without magic. Which is only his worldview. Because up to 11 he was raised in the muggle world. So he thinks digging with your biceps is more important than digging with magic shovels, I guess. And meanwhile, Voldemort sneaks into Dumbledore's tomb and grabs that Elder Wand. Which is revealed to have been with Dumbledore. That was his wand. Even though we see in an earlier movie that the wand was on his desk after the funeral. Yeah. So, somehow inconsistency, I guess. Yeah, that kind of wraps up part one. Um, yeah. It's, this one is definitely... Because part two is basically a battle movie. Yeah. And this is setting up all of the pieces for that battle movie. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah, it's interesting. It's not my favorite. The, the Elder Wand story is probably the coolest piece. For sure. Which is, you know... And the Ministry of Magic scene. I like that a lot, too. Where they go in and steal the... And they save that woman. Yeah. By happenstance. Yeah, that was a nice little sequence. Little bank heist there. Speaking of bank heist, we got part two. Yeah, let's rip through part two. So, the movie begins when they break out with Dobby before he dies. They uh-huh. have the the goblin... Grip Hook. Grip Hook, who works at the Gringotts Bank. All goblins do, mm-hmm. apparently. So... Harry Potter gets Grip Hook to help him break into Bellatrix Lestrange's vault. Because with, you guessed it, Polyjuice Potion. With some Polyjuice Potion because they were so freaked out, or Bellatrix was so freaked out that they were in her vault. 
right, the possibility that Harry's like, there's a Horcrux in there for sure. Yeah. So they to make the idea to go to the vault. Um, it is a really great sequence. The opening of this movie is basically another heist where we get to see the inner workings of Gringotts. Mm-hmm. There's a dragon down there. A tortured dragon. Yeah, very sad. Goblins uh, are torturing dragons. Yeah, to Iron protect bellies. some stuff. Yeah, which, and, come on. Yeah, it's just stuff, guys. Yeah. Let it go. But overall, great sequence. They There's a fun uh, hiccup thrown in where they go through this magic waterfall that breaks all illusions. And it dumps them out of the train that they're using or the mine cart to get into the vault. So, uh, really thrilling it turns into a shootout with uh, vault security, pretty much, bank security. Mm-hmm. And they escape the bank on the back of a dragon. This is after they get into the vault and find out that the Horcrux is Helga Hufflepuff's cup. So they get the cup. Hufflecup. Hufflecup. I interrupted you for that dumb joke. You're welcome. It's a good, it's a good joke. <laughs> they get the cup. Uh, they take it with them. Gripuk betrays them. Go figure. Yeah. Typical goblin. <laughs> yeah, they, they get out of there. And then we see the aftermath is that um, Voldemort has gone through and basically killed every single person in the bank. Including Griphook. Including Griphook. And we see the sword that Griphook got in exchange for helping disappear because it's the sword of Gryffindor and it does that. <laughs> yeah, how is he going to keep a hold of it? Come on, dude. So... Magic sword. <laughs> Magical. The This is when Harry has a vision of Rowena Ravenclaw. Yep. And he's like, oh, the last Horcrux is in Hogwarts. We have to go back. Mm-hmm. They apparate into Hogsmeade to try and like sneak in because at this point in the story, Ministry is totally owned by Death Eaters. Snape is the headmaster of Hogwarts. He's a known Death Eater. Hogwarts is run by Death Eaters. Yep. Which is... A very drastic change, but it is what it is. Everything sucks now. You know? It, it is what it is. Uh, in terms of the movie, because my beef is like, how, it, it's just the entire world is flipped upside down and we learn that they're straight up torturing students with yeah. the Cruciatus curse for no reason at Hogwarts and everyone's just kind of like, dang, ride, ride it out. Yeah. So, I guess it is what it is. That's true. Good point. So, in Hogsmeade, they run into Aberforth Dumbledore, which has been the man in the mirror. Hoping he can change my ways. Couldn't be any clearer. Okay, yep. So, Snape hears about Harry's back, because there were rumors that he was in Hogsmeade. What's wrong with his back? With Harry's back? Yeah. He said Snape hears about Harry's back. <laughs> Is it okay? No. It's Harry. <laughs> Harry has a hairy back. No, I interrupted you for a dumb joke. <laughs> and I got much pissier than you got with me. Good joke. Thanks. So Harry has returned and Snape says, anybody got any info? You tell me. If I found out you know and you didn't tell me, you're going to be treated equally guilty. (laughs) Turns out Harry was in the crowd the whole damn time and he's like, what up, bitch? You're going down. 
and <laughs> McGonagall steps in. She's like one of the most powerful witches, mm-hmm. which is insane. She's slinging fire spells and Snape realizes he's outclassed, takes off. Mm-hmm. This kind of kicks off the Hogwarts uprising, which McGonagall begins by imprisoning the entire house of Slytherin in the dungeons. Which they should have done from the beginning, <laughs> because it turns out one quarter of the student population was Hitler youth this whole time. <laughs> right. But that's like, <laughs> what the hell? It's either that's the case and it was Hitler youth, and everybody kind of knew it, or McGonagall is like, fuck these kids. <laughs> Even if four of them are Hitler youth, all of them get locked up. It's just kind of funny to think of a Slytherin student being like, come on, I want to help Harry. I don't like Voldemort. What's the deal? I didn't pick to be in this fucking house. The hat did. But whatever. Harry was almost in Slytherin. Yeah. Harry was almost Hitler youth. Should have put him in the dungeon. <laughs> this starts off the whole Battle of Hogwarts thing because Voldemort's like, oh, you're kicking my Death Eater headmasters out? I'm going to bring all my Death Eaters and we are going to basically lay siege to the castle. Harry learns in the interim that the ghost of the Grey Lady, who is Ravenclaw's daughter, mm-hmm. knows where her tiara is, which yep. is the final Horcrux. It's in the Room of Requirement, which is a secret little room. The And it's a diadem, which is like a tiara. Diadem. The battle is kicking off. We get to see all the professors prepare and... Uh, you know, some spells start flying. It's pretty thrilling stuff. What? I said earlier that Harry had saved Draco, but it's this coming scene where Harry saves Draco. So Harry owed Draco one already. Oh, okay. So it was Draco just being a good dude. like. Yeah. So Draco no. shouldn't die. Yeah. That was my mistake all along. <laughs> so uh, on the hunt for the room requirement, the Slytherins basically pop off and... Try and kill Harry. They chase him in there. Draco and his his lackeys. Draco. It's not Crab anymore. Um, this says it's Blaze Zabini. Yeah, because the actor of Crab did some illegal shit. Yeah. He... Between Chamber of Secrets <laughs> and uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, I think. He broke the law. Broke the law. I don't know what he did exactly. It was he was involved in like some protest but not a good protest it was like a shitty like a proud boys proud boys style protest and he um did some vandalism and stuff so the harry potter movies are like eh. even though that's in line with slytherin methodologies yeah yeah he they didn't want to go with a method actor for that one so in the room of requirement draco and his lackeys are there and they're attacking harry ron and hermione intervene goyle fucking tries to Avada Kedavra. He's just throwing those out, which is crazy. He's ready. He's ready to kill. But instead, he does a big fire curse. Which is badass. Also bad, yeah. Badass and bad. Yes. Because he also can't control it. (laughs) No. It's kind of funny, the concept of this, because at first you see a big, I think it's like a dragon. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's a fire dragon spell. But then later you see a tiger. (laughs) And a snake, if I recall. And it's like, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> and then the face of Voldemort, eventually. It's like, what kind of spell is this? It's just like, fire zoo. 
and uh, it, it tickles me to think that whoever came up with this spell is like, well, I don't want just a dragon. <laughs> 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 I want some variety. So, And ironically, I think I'm using it correctly, uh, this uh, Goyle falls into the fire and burns to death. Mm-hmm. Which is like, what? And so people are just dying. Yeah. They're just dying. This Brutally. Morning. And... Harry and Ron and Hermione find some brooms, and they're like, sweet, getting the hell out of here. And Harry's like, actually, we should not let them burn to death, even though um, they're Hitler youth. Because yeah. Draco did me a solid. And Ron's like, are you kidding me? I want them to burn to death. <laughs> He's pissed that they gotta save him. But they do. They save him. And they got a basilisk fang. We didn't talk about this. Ron and Hermione come back. And they find Harry in the room of requirement because they were in the basement getting fangies. Yeah, and that's where Ron and Hermione share their first kiss. So it's yes. kind of like, Aww. you know, the, so the culmination of their relationship. Yes. So Harry, they stab the diadem, which is what turns the fire into Voldemort faces. And that happened downstairs, too. They stab um, the cup with a basilisk fang. Mm-hmm. And there's some Voldemort water face. And we see... Ralph Fiennes, Ray Fiennes, doing some great acting. He's just screaming. (laughs) (laughs) He's screaming in a field as they prepare to attack Hogwarts. One thing that I really like about this sequence is in the Chamber of Secrets... uh, Secrets? Secrets. Secrets. They stab the cup and they get that water magic trap. Mm -hmm. And then up near the room of requirement, they stab the tiara. And Ron is onto this shit. So he does a running punt on the tiara while Harry and Hermione are just like, that was crazy. We almost died. Ron just sprints up and drop kicks his thing back into the room of requirement and slams the door. And it's just very silly to me how abrupt and how prepared he was because he's always the goof, you know. He's ride or die. Mm-hmm. He's on top of it. So they realize that Nagini is going to be the final Horcrux. Somehow. Yeah. Well, I think um, after destroying the diadem, Harry has another vision, if I recall. And he sees Voldemort saying, oh, you must be protected. Come with me. Oh. And Harry's like, bingo. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go, guys, to the boathouse. Because he sees in his vision they're going to the boathouse. This is where we see uh, that Voldemort has it in his head. The Elder Wand cannot be his because he did not win it. Much like the Darksaber. Yes. Which is a very cool concept, basically. The the power of conquest for whatever artifact. He thinks that Snape has won it because he thinks, Oh, you killed Dumbledore. But actually, Harry had disarmed Draco, who was the owner of the Elder Wand at the time. I forget the exact breakdown, but Snape was not the owner of the Elder Wand. Uh-huh. Because so, Draco disarmed Dumbledore. Oh, yeah, with an Expelliarmus. Yep. And then Harry disarmed Draco in the prior movie. Which... That's dumb. So when you Expelliarmus someone, you get their wand? That's a very powerful spell, then. Yeah, the Elder Wand's like, sick. <laughs> <laughs> it gets slapped out of the hand. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a new daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, long story short, Snape is not the owner of the Elder Wand. 
uh, Harry is at this point. Yeah, and Voldemort doesn't Avada Kedavra Snape for some reason. He just, he like knocks him down and then he like slashes his throat and then he's like, Nagini, get him. Yeah. Nagini, kill. And you made a funny point that by Voldemort's logic, the wand is now the snakes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're setting yourself up for value there, Voldemort. You gotta kill your Horcrux to get the wand. Or just expel your arm, is it? <laughs> yeah, do you Why didn't he just expel your arm as Snape? He's like, obviously I must kill him. That's just how Voldemort rolls, I guess. You are my rolls, most loyal servant, but I need that stick. None of this would have worked without you. <laughs> just <laughs> Thank you. Hold so it with your much. fingertips. <laughs> Smacks it, like, physically, not even with a spell. Uh, we should make a spoof. We should make a spoof film. Good. I'll I'll be Dumbledore. <laughs> okay. Um, so Snape gets bit a whole bunch. Very brutal scene by yeah. Nagini. Well, we see it from Ron and Harry and Hermione's perspective, so it's just a silhouette against a door. Yeah. But, but still, you know, violent. the implication of it is violent. So Voldemort's like, good enough, and he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> While he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> You Avada people all the time. Just do one more. Mm-hmm. But it's convenient because Ron, Harry, and Hermione go to Snape. And Snape's crying like a pussy. Because <laughs> he's dying. Snape. People go through worse every day. Snape fights hurt so bad. We're <laughs> getting silly. He says, take these. And he just gestures at his face. So for plot convenience... Like, Harry immediately understands taking the tears. I would have been like, take your hair? Yeah, what is what it? Is, what is it? Your fingernails? <laughs> what do I take? <laughs> <laughs> ah, so dumb. Um, but Hermione has a flask in her bag of requirement. And they take the tears, and Snape says, take them to the pensive. Her bag of what? Her bag of requirement. Her bag of holding. Her magic bag. Her magic bag. Did you have a pun? No, I just wasn't expecting the bag of requirement. Well, my bad. Your bag? My bag. Um, and the pensive shows Snape's memories to Harry, which is, uh, James was a big-ass bully. Your dad was a dick, essentially. Uh, I loved your mom a whole bunch. When your mom died, I got so pissed with Voldemort, I decided to turn against him. So I was a hardcore Death Eater, but I loved your mommy. Mm-hmm. Your sweet, sweet mommy. And then he became an <laughs> undercover agent. Yeah. On we- behalf of Dumbledore because of Lily. Yeah. And the the good line from this memory access thing is when Dumbledore realizes... It was kind of funny because it was unprompted. Like, we see Snape and Dumbledore in the pensive hanging out in Dumbledore's office. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore is like, we have to kill the boy, pretty much, because he knows that Harry's a Horcrux, even though he kind of learned about Horcruxes pretty late in the game. Yeah. But when Dumbledore says this, in my memory of the movie, Snape just fires off a Patronus kind of unprompted. He's like, look um, at this. And it's a doe. Uh-huh. And that makes Dumbledore like, Lily, after all this time... <laughs> And Snape says always, <laughs> uh, which is a, a nice line to kind of encapsulate the point of this memory, but also a little silly how he just whips a spell off in Dumbledore's face 
for no reason. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Snape simped for 20 <laughs> years. And he's a good guy for that. Because mm-hmm. he's an incel. Yeah. He's <laughs> a creepy stalker. He is a proud boy <laughs> stalker yeah, incel. Who joined the Death Eaters... And Harry, like, this memory was very affecting on Harry. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you, I, don't, I don't think it's uh, controversial at this point to call out how Snape is not a good dude. He was horribly abusive, and this is not enough to cover all that abuse. Yeah. And all that shit he did with the Death Eaters. You thought my mom was hot? <laughs> yeah. You're a good guy. Yeah. It's just kind of laughable in hindsight, but... The premise would is fine. It's it's good. I we're, guess. Yeah, we're we're uh, dragging it too much because yeah. it does. Like it worked on me when I was a kid. Yeah. Now that I'm older, I recognize like that's not that's not good behavior. No. <laughs> you don't have to be redeemed because you did a nice thing. You can still be kind of a dick, which Snape Def was. So. In this memory, we also learn Dumbledore has some kind of curse, and he's going to die within the year. Mm-hmm. And they devise that if you kill me, if Dumbledore gets killed by Snape in front of Voldemort, then Snape will absolutely be recognized as loyal to Voldemort. So that's the plan. And then Harry also learns that he's a Horcrux. Um, it was Snape's doe, and he's got to die. To get, to, sorry, what are words? Harry has to die to be the last piece of soul for Voldemort. So that Voldemort can actually get killed. Mm -hmm. And after this, he marches out of the office. Ron and Hermione are present when Nagini gets killed by Neville. Mm -hmm. Neville finds the sword of Gryffindor and chops off Nagini's head in between all these memories. Which is a great... I mean, Neville kind of comes into his own in these last two. He's very heroic. Mm-hmm. And what was kind of weird to me, but also I'm thankful for, is that Harry says, I'm a Horcrux. I need to go get killed by Voldemort now. Don't try and stop me. And Ron and Hermione don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it's kind of weird because you'd expect your best friends to be like, there has to be another way. <laughs> like, we can we... Figured out somehow. <laughs> but uh, rather than tacking on more time to the movie with all this shenanigans, they're just like, okay, it's been real. Bye. <laughs> he goes out to the Forbidden Forest, gets Avada Kedavra by uh, Voldemort. We also have a touching scene where he uses the Resurrection Stone to see the ghosts of all his loved ones mm-hmm. who exist inside his heart. And we learned this earlier, but Remus and Tonks are dead. Yeah. So and, they're amongst his heart ghosts. Uh, and Fred Weasley died, too. I don't think he was there, though. That was something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, because I knew he died. Yeah. But we really don't see his death. No. Like, we do see Lavender getting eaten by a werewolf. Yeah. She which, gets her neck ate, which is brutal. What a way to be done dirty. Mm-hmm. Movie hated Lavender. Like, I, yeah, yeah, kind of. Did not treat her right. She didn't deserve to die. Yeah, but I, I really take uh, offense to Fred's death. Yeah, you don't main see character that, right? throughout the entire series, 
And I think at most you just see him lying on the ground, maybe. Yeah, I think so. But it's like, damn, you think we could have gotten a shot of him taking the curse or whatever. But Once Harry gets evaded, he's in limbo. And his limbo is a white train station. It's King's Cross. Yeah. Dumbledore is also there. That's his spirit guide, I guess. And he explains that now Harry is free of Voldemort because that little piece got snapped out. And you can go back if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Which I would pick going back, you know. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm dead. Or get some more butterbeer. <laughs> pow, pow. Love butterbeer. Voldemort is pretty darn sure Harry's dead. But he has Narcissia. Narcissa? Go double check. Mm-hmm. And when she's checking the body, she can tell Harry's alive somehow. And she asks, is Draco all right? And Harry, Harry's corpse nods yes. <laughs> so she's doing him a solid back. So that, mm-hmm. you know, kindness begets kindness. Yeah. Which is obscene. <laughs> for her to just be like, yeah, he's alive. Because she doesn't know what Voldemort's going to do. Yeah, he's dead. Uh-huh. She doesn't know what Voldemort's going to do next, you know. But what he does do next is next is messed up. He has Hagrid carry Harry's body. Yeah, over the bridge to Hogwarts. Which, if I was Hagrid and I wasn't a Death Eater, I'd feel pretty rotten. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing would make me feel rotten. I would just have a stone in my tummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they get back to the castle, Voldemort's like, he's dead. <laughs> Look upon <Woo>! him. <laughs> and he starts saying, like, if you come forward now, you can join the winning regime. Let's go. Neville steps forward and everyone's like, no, Neville. Uh, But he gives an inspirational speech about how they don't need Harry to be alive to do what's right, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. Uh, So he inspires them all. And then Harry Potter flips out of Hagrid's arms. (laughs) Just kind of tumbles. And everyone's like, whoa. And he runs off. (laughs) And And uh, then Death Eaters bail. Yeah. Death Eaters are like, oh, shit. He's lived again. (laughs) Is yeah. evaporating out. This guy can't die. <laughs> We're fucked. Yeah, so Lucius, Narcissa, and Draco make their escape, pretty mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. And then another battle breaks out where all of the students of Hogwarts are very inspired. And Harry and Voldemort get into... Um, Before that one, Molly and Bellatrix. Like, Molly definitely doled out some Avadas. Oh, yeah. Because that's the green spell. But then the spell she actually used was turning Bella into stone and shattering her? Mm-hmm. Why isn't that one illegal? It's fucked up. She <laughs> turns her to dust. And it's like, that's just the killing curse. Yeah, with extra steps. <laughs> yeah. It's probably more painful. Oh, God. Um, then we see Neville killing Nagini. Oh, okay. I got my timeline mixed up. That's okay. He pulls the sword out of the hat of Griffin, the sorting hat, which is crazy. Go Neville. He mm-hmm. was the other chosen one. I think you've seen that fan theory. Just a boy born in late July. And it could have been Neville. Yeah. yeah. So that makes Voldemort mortal. And then Harry and Voldemort fight. And Voldemort's own Avada Kedavra ricochets and hits him. Mm-hmm. What a cheap shot. <laughs> You know that gif of the guy getting hit with a basketball and he throws it back and it just bounces against the wall and hits him in the face? I just saw it today, yeah. That's what happens to Voldemort. But with a <laughs> For the second face. time, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess. 
After they fight, Harry gives the dumbass explanation about Expelliarmus's making the Elder Wand his. Mm -hmm. Which, okay, sure, disarming makes sense. But if the bottom line before was, you have to kill him to get it. How did Dumbledore get it? Did he disarm Grindelwald? We find out later on in the prequels. Yeah. The Fantastic Beast movies. Yeah, I think we find out. But, um... Yeah, so since he disarmed the Draco, he gets the Elder Wand. It's his. And then he breaks it. Because yeah. that's too much power. Wasn't it in the book he repaired his own wand with it and then broke it? Maybe. I don't know. I, don't, I think so. Just breaks it in half and sends it off. Dude could have had three wands. Because he would have had his wand, Draco's wand, and the Elder Wand. You think anyone out there is dual-wielding wands? Like, like both like hands Darth at the Maul. same time? Yeah. That'd be sick. Uh, a lot of uh, Star Wars references on this podcast, even though it's about Harry Potter. Yeah. And Lord of the Rings. The the big three. Yeah. The big three nerd franchises. Those fandoms kind of, they don't run together in like, what movie did that happen in? But they definitely <laughs> run into like, if you're a big fan of Harry Potter, you probably like Star Wars at least a little and Lord of the Rings at least a little, exactly. it seems. Yeah. High fantasy. We... Yeah, high fantasy stuff. Get Suddenly it's 19. What? Pre oh, I, I said we get a prequel, but that's a wrong word. What Pro is the word? Epilogue. Okay, yeah, thanks. We get an epilogue 19 years later. Harry marries Ginny for some reason. Yeah. No chemistry the whole movie. It's fine. She was, you know, I, I like it because that means, you know how you can drift apart from your friends of from high school? Yeah. He just married his best friend's little sister. So they're going to see each other at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Ron marries Hermione. Gets a tummy. Gets a tummy. We also see Draco at the train station. Yeah. So weird to run into him. Like, basically, hey man, what the fuck? Like, you Ron, should be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucked up what you did. But apparently he gets to just go on like normal. He's probably on a ministry watch list. Yeah, there's no uh, Nuremberg trials right. after the Great War of Hogwarts. Yeah, for for this one, the, the battle is super cool. Oh yeah, it's really hype. I like fight movies. Yeah, and heist movies. Yeah, it's it, this is definitely the quickest feeling one. Yeah, it's good. The other ones can drag so much, especially Deathly Hallows Part One and stuff like Half Blood Prince. I feel like those movies really serve to just be the movies that are, here's a bunch of backstory, so like everything that's happening makes sense. You know, there, there's not actually a lot of plot progression in something like Half-Blood Prince. It feels yeah. very much like, oh, this is all relevant because of the stuff that happened 13 years ago, you know, and now we're dealing with it again and learning about it, and that's the story. Yeah, it feels cheap. I saw a thread recently on Reddit Somebody pointed out that the movies don't make narrative sense if you hadn't read the books. Okay. Which I would agree with. There's a lot that gets missed. Mm -hmm. And, for example, the way Voldemort, like if you say Voldemort's name, it summons them. I don't think that gets explained in the movies. No, it but does he put, not. Yeah, he put a curse on his own name. Because I remember in Deathly Elves Part 1, Harry was saying, you know who. Yeah. It's like, he was the guy who didn't care. Yeah. And now he's just doing the thing. And also, Voldemort definitely knows they say, you know who. 
<laughs> so curse that one. Yeah. But no. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, how would you rank these last four? Um, I like the last four more than I like the first four, but only because I read the books. So the narrative cheats. I'll ignore. I'm glad that you say that because I remember at the end of our first episode, you said you weren't really excited about these last four. Yeah. Because you felt as though you were more into the first four. And now it's like, hey. Pl- I never mean twist. anything I say. <laughs> I'm always lying. Well, uh, also, how long has it been <laughs> since you have seen the last four? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I mean, how long has it been since I've seen the first four? Yeah. I definitely like the last four more as well, pretty much entirely because of Deathly Hallows Part 2. Maybe it's because it, I hate kid actors. They are terrible to watch, yeah. But the the final movie is really great, so I think I would say for these last four, I would do um, probably... Order of the Phoenix, or, or okay. from lowest to highest. Oh, okay. I would do Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood, well, Order of the Phoenix, Deathly Hallows, Part 1, okay. Half-Blood Prince, Part 2. Okay, I'd and agree with that. Part 2 is much higher than the other three. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that, too. Cool. Same page. Um, Should we put numeric rankings on these things? No, I don't want to. Okay. I don't want... <laughs> uh, seven overall. Seven overall, and then the last one in the realm of Harry Potter gets like a nine. But Ooh, okay. in the realm of normal movies, I'd probably give it, like, a seven and the others get sixes. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, they're entertaining, especially if you have read the books and things make sense. Yeah. Like, I remember one scene where they leave the Ministry of Magic and they're all wet. <laughs> and Hermione has them rub oil on their hands. Yeah. I don't remember why. Yeah, I remember they that, too. They leave uh, Gringotts and they're all wet. Because I put this oil on. <laughs> said oil <laughs> makes you smell good magic stuff <laughs> yeah. I don't know. it's lotion so your skin doesn't get dry <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just overall don't like how these movies always have they set up some rules and then you learn why those rules aren't relevant because of something you didn't know about oh yeah like the was it yeah, it was yesterday with the alohomora actually i put an anti-alohomora yeah and it's like well you didn't have any, it's, I think, a widely held opinion that J.K. Rowling didn't know what was going to happen, so she had to account for all this stuff that she came up with later, and then all of the rules that were established in the first few books were inconvenient, mm-hmm. so you had to come up with stuff saying, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd agree. That kind of feeds into the whole thing of how, like I said earlier, this is just learning about stuff that happened many years ago and why it's relevant now mm-hmm. which i'm not a big fan of that's fair i wish we had gotten more of dumbledore's backstory you reckon we'll see that in the uh, hbo series i hope so that'd be cool that would be cool i think we do get a little bit in um fantastic beasts but i only saw the first one of those and i don't remember much yeah I've, i haven't seen either i just heard that they're pretty bad do you think any of Rowling's retcons are going to make it into the TV series if that does get made? Oh, how she claimed after how Albus was gay and had a relationship with Grindelwald and all that. And yeah. Maybe. I don't know. They'd... Or how wizards used to poop themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. What a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> Why? Why say it? It'd or be, how... <laughs> it'd be really funny if... 
there was just in the background someone like squeezing and going like, and then you see him flip their wand around. It's like, oh, that guy just shoot himself. But they never explicitly call it out. And then at some point you just see a bathroom. It's like, oh, this is when they use bathrooms now. Fingers crossed. Why would you ever use a bathroom? If you could just magic your shit away. <laughs> right. Just um, shaming from the Muggleborn students. Made them feel real bad. Like, you're disgusting. You do that. And eventually it just became bathrooms. I mean, technically, in a bathroom, you, you could get shit on yourself and you're just wiping at it. <laughs> if I, I would still magic the shit off my butthole. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need toilet paper. I guess they do have bidets in England. I wonder how this runs into conflict with the fact that some of the most ancient secrets of Hogwarts are buried in bathrooms with plumbing. Huh. Like the Chamber of Secrets is in sinks. Yeah, why not magic the germs off? Yeah, how minute can you get? Oh, man. Magic a splinter off? Anyhow. (laughs) Any closing thoughts about Harry Potter? Uh, J.K. Rowling sucks. She's a turf. She does suck, and the movies are okay. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Rowling sucks, the movies are okay. Read the books if you're 12. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, If you listened. Bye. Bye.